Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Bobby Moore and Sir Jeff Hurst. The trailer looking at Billy Bones. Hello, Gigolo. West Ham United. More than just a podcast. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. This is more than just a podcast. Podcast. It is season seven. It must be episode 41, even though we are between seasons. And back this week, he's actually put himself up on the recording software as King Rat. Uh, it is Nigel. Nigel, where are you and what are you doing? I'm in my shed. Doing what I'm uh, doing. It's 20. We, we are recording on Monday, uh, which is the hottest day of the year. I think it was almost 30 degrees. Is it really hot in your shed or have you got air conditioning built in? No, I ain't got air conditioning. It, it, it is a bit hot and I've had to shut the doors because the neighbours are all out and about and they make a bloody right. noise. Do you have a fan in there? Um... Uh, no, he's 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 about to come on. Ah, <laughs> oh. <laughs> what a great link! Uh, after I'm a pro. it's not Ian Dale. People reported last night, at uh, last time in in the podcast or the last episode, there was a bit of a bromance going on between you and Ian Dale. Um, so this week we we've gone for a different bromance. And uh, I think it's his first time on the podcast. Well, certainly as a presenter, I think we've had him on as a guest. It's Gonzo from Hammers Chat. Good evening, Chris. Uh, Good Uh, evening. Where are you and what are you doing? Uh, I'm in uh, Leningrad in a vodka bar. Uh, Just just found a a small corner just to uh, drink a few vodkas and join you chaps. It's my competitive debut. Let's call it that. Yeah. Am I allowed to call you, Chris? Because I don't know if... Are you like X and you have some... Anonymity that I shouldn't have just revealed your real name's Chris. Well, the trouble is, I'm so prolific in everything I do, and I'm so gobby, and I keep pointing the camera at myself that any um, sort of cover would have been blown by now. I'm not uh, really in Leningrad, by the way. I'm actually <laughs> under the stairs, but I was. Um, Are you really under the stairs? I'm always under the stairs. Well, not obviously always for all my life, but whenever yeah. I am doing a video or a podcast or something, I am under the You're stairs. Under the stairs. Yeah. yeah, there you go. So next time we get you on, where you go, where are you, what are you doing? You go, I'm under the stairs. I I, I will, and I will be under the stairs. Well, let's I, try it again. Okay. Hi, Chris. Oh, no, 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 we'll do the Gonzo bit. Yeah. Hi, Gonzo. Where are you? What are you doing? 
I'm under the stairs and I'm talking to you. I'm sat naked under the stairs talking to you, Sean. <laughs> that was too much information. Gonzo, naked under the stairs. Very hot. Right. Uh, let's talk West Ham. I know we were only here last week, um, but uh, we like to give, you know, it's it's the silly season. There's no football. Well, there is the World Cup, of course, which we'll talk about later. But let's talk about transfer news. Um let me start with what I know, and then, and then if you want to chip in, uh, Chris or uh, Nigel, with any questions or any information of your own, Anderson is is the one we're all waiting for. In fact, most people have got bored with the Anderson news now. It's, oh, it's really close. No, it's not. Oh, well, we just need a little bit more add-ons. I've been told by my sources that nothing's much happened in, in the week since we last spoke, that Philippe Anderson... We put in a bid worth about thirty-seven million with add-ons, and we've said take it or leave it, and and they've not rejected it and they've not accepted it. I know there's talk that oh they they are just you know there's hour by hour negotiations and a director flew over there. Uh, not true. <laughs> if anyone knows how West Ham uh, transfers goes, it's all pretty much over email. Uh, there is really no face-to-face. There might be a phone call, um, but the need to have negotiations face-to-face. Um, I even read somewhere today that, you know, the new director of football is about to fly out there and take personal charge today or tomorrow. Uh, I don't believe it. I've been told it's a 50-50. They've made their offer. They believe no one else is in for him. It's a... You know, it's it's a small market and, and they don't feel they've got to negotiate. So let's find out whether Anderson gets done. Um, apparently, Lukaku, they are interested in. They've tried to make that part of the deal. Um, I don't know a lot about him, except it's it's um, Jordan Lukaku uh, and not Romelu Lukaku. Get my words out. Um, but whether here come from Lazio, I don't know. When I spoke last week, I said that Alfie Mawson <laughs> was was about to sign. It shows you how quickly things can happen in 24 hours. I've been told now Alfie Mawson is extremely unlikely to sign. Um, they want more money. Uh, the it, it was a previous target under David Moyes and uh, David Sullivan, uh, they don't want, I'm told, and I've been beaten up for this, but I only can repeat what I'm told. The managers want two players from a relegated team, and he's already got Fabianski, obviously. That was announced just after our last podcast. And um, we made an initial bid of 20 million. They want something closer to 25, and, and I'm told it's pretty much dead. The same with Wilshire. I mean, if you read The Sun and everybody else, Jack Wilshire, lifelong fan, etc., is about to sign. Uh, the Sun even ran a story today saying he rejected it, a one-year deal. Well, uh, I've been told by my sources there was no offer of a one-year deal. It's more on Wilshire's side who wants to come. Uh, he wants to stay in London, so he, he'd be happy to play for Palace or uh, Fulham or West Ham. Uh, obviously, he has got family connections with West Ham. But, you know, he was on 130 grand a week at Arsenal. He turned down an offer worth 100 grand a week to stay. Let's not believe it's all about playing time. He wants a six-figure sum and he wants a massive signing on fee. I just don't see it happening in the 
in the past, West Ham have said, Wilshire is injury prone. Now, I know he's had a better record in the last uh, two years. Someone said to me, better than an Obiang. Um, and he's too expensive on wages. And I just don't see one us going for him, but even more so Pellegrini. Why would Pellegrini go for Wilshire? I think he he more more likely go for a better value signing to make the money go faster uh, or farther. Uh, moving on to uh, Pastor, that's completely dead. I think we know. I don't know if we spoke about it last time, but he wanted wages approaching 190 grand a week. Only seven uh, Premiership players or Premier League players earn over 180 grand a week. Uh, but Roma want to play that. They're mad. Uh, they're in financial trouble, but but that's where he's going. Marlon Santos is also dead. They've oh, got that's, question marks. That's extreme news, Sean. He's not dead. Uh, the de- deal is dead. Um, so uh, Jordan Ayew was linked as well. No truth in that whatsoever. And it's because that he has got the same agent as um, Ryan Fredericks and um, uh, and a number of other West Ham fans in, in Will, Short- um, uh, Will Sorthouse, who's um, unique uh, sports management, who's the uh, agent of Cresswell and Antonio and Chiati and someone else I've forgotten, Obiang. And also Fredericks now. He's also the the, the manager, uh, sorry, the agent of Tom Kearney. And again, you know, Tom Kearney's been recycled again. I've been told, I think earlier this week, £20 million bid. I've been told, no. We bid for him last January under Moyes twice, £18 million, £15 million. We haven't come back to him. We made an inquiry through short um, through Sorthouse again, and we were told absolutely by Fulham he's not for sale. We've not put in an official bid. Um, I, I'm going to ask if I've missed any, but the only other one is Butland. We when we signed Fabianski, I was told he wasn't necessarily the last goalkeeper we would sign, and they really would like a big signing. But I think the likelihood that after the Lanzini injury is is receding now. Um, I don't see him going on the cheap and I don't see us getting another goalkeeper. I, I see that, you know, both uh, Adrian and um, Fabianski will compete for the number one spot. Um, and that's it. I've been told um, we're looking for two, one more centre-back. He definitely wants a centre-back. Two attacking midfielders. One of them might be on loan. Uh, and that's it. Possibly a striker. If we offload Hugo or or another striker leaves, I think it's unlikely that Carroll or Hernandez would leave. Um, but the most, I mean, you can see the amounts we're talking about in transfer terms. Uh, I've been told they still can't go over 17 million net spend. It looks like we might spend 100 million, but we need to raise money back. And this is the last thing I'm going to say before I hand over to you guys. Uh, we're looking at getting 30 million out in outbound sales. Uh, Snodgrass, we think they think it's worth about nine million. Hugo, they want to get their seven million back. Fernandez, uh, they paid about six million from him. They would like to get that back. Sam Byram, again, similar money they got back around five million. And Reese Burke, they don't think it's going to make it around three million. That adds up to the thirty million. Um, I know that that's the transfer roundup, uh, guys. Um, Starting with you, Nigel. Have you got any transfer questions or anything to add on that? 
he hates transfer time. Does um... oh, sorry, Sean, you stop talking. That's, uh, <laughs> Ten minutes, mate. I think. Um, yeah, I yeah. Can you just run for it? Run, run it for us. By us again, please, Sean. <laughs> I missed the beginning bit. Um, yeah, nothing's changed from last week, does it? Not really. Oh, Not really. What's next then? The um, <laughs> rice is still rice is still not sorted out, and and I d- I do get a bit more worried about rice. Um, we don't know about his contract position. Transfer markets. I he was going to ask his agent if he had a always always electrician cousin. Did he have an uncle Ben? I I haven't seen the electrician. <sighs> um, uh, so I haven't I haven't spoken to him. Um, I should have put a call into him really because you're right. Paddy Rice. He was known. Um, but. I, I, if you look at transfer market, he's only got another year. We're told he's got another two years option, but there must be a way of getting out of that. And I, I'm just concerned where this is going. Both sides have to agree. Don't I think I think you might be right on that. And I think the problem is, yeah, um, Rice has got a an agent apparently. Um, who? Well, he has got an agent. He's got a new agent. He's trying to prove himself and doesn't get on with. With David Sullivan too well, I'm told. Well. Which, talking of that, uh, another agent that that I don't think gets on with the board is um, Anatovic's agent. And, and since the last time we spoke, obviously Anatovic's brother was seen in Inter Milan, which is surprising considering they've got no money. They've just been sanctioned by uh, UEFA for financial fair play. To think that they're suddenly going to Offer 50, 60 million for an out of it. I thought it? that was reported that it was for another player. Well, I know, I know other, another um, website, um, KUMB, reported that. But actually, when you look at him, he's only got one player. He's, he's, he's only got, he's an agent with one football player, and that's his brother. Does he not have Haxabadavich? Sorry? No. Haxabadavich. Oh, don't have him. No, and when when you look oh, up the oh. other player, the Stoke player, that um, he he seems to have another agent. Now I know it's a murky world of agents where multiple agents or intermediaries are involved in one deal, so it's hard to tell. Um, but yeah, I I I I'm told that there is no bids for anyone. <laughs> you know, none of our players. So if you want, if you're talking. And Altovich, no bid from Manchester United, no bid from Interman, no inquiries, nothing. Well, that's good, though, isn't it? Because now we can maintain the pretense that we're not a selling club. Yeah. Well, also Antonio, you know, been linked with Burnley, been linked with Palace. Uh, I think there was one initial bid, um, a very low bid from Palace, but an inquiry, actually, not even a bid. Personally, I think the thing is... I'm pretty sure if you look back at previous World Cups, the transfer market stalls. Now, this is where we find out whether the Premier League done the right thing in closing uh, as the season starts on a World Cup year, when you bear in mind that the World Cup finishes in the middle of June, uh, of July, so they're going to have like three weeks to do all these transfer deals that they normally do in six yeah. to eight. Yeah. So there's, you know, agents will hope their players at the World Cup will do well to bump the prices up. Um, clubs are looking around to see who the next Winston Reid or Enna Valencia of the World Cup are, or Radichoyu 
or any of these other no marks that we've managed to to get ourselves from stars. Sorry, not no marks, stars of the World Cup, I should say. Um, that that we managed to get. Hmm. So, um, the the only thing with the Anderson thing is. We've offered a lot of money for a player who don't play regularly for Brazil. He's not at the World Cup. You can get, for that money, I'm sure you can get someone from like a proper top quality star. But if it is, I don't know, if it is Pellegrini's choice, I'm actually going to think if Sullivan is playing hardball, I think he's doing the right thing. I'm not one of these shout, pay the money, pay the money. You've got to set yourself a limit. And once the limit's done, that's it, walk away. How about this other uh, alternative, Siri? Uh, is it Michael? I can't Jean? use that, you know. I, I talk to it. I go, hey, Siri, <laughs> can you play the next funky music? From, from Nice. Done? From Nice. Can you play the award-winning podcast? And Siri goes, sorry, I don't know. I like, 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 guys, guys, back in the room. Um, I'm talking about Siri. Siri, is it uh, from, oh, from is Nice? It? Oh, I don't. 40 never million heard of him, euro uh, release clause. Never Which apparently is a backup for Anderson if if uh, I don't Mark follow dining. foreign football, so I didn't know about Anderson. So mm. it's hard for me to judge. Chris, do you watch foreign football? I I don't. Um, so you've got to go and ask sort of questions from people that do know, or just ask the obvious questions like the, it, we've got a clear run at Anderson. Why have we got a clear run at Anderson? Why is nobody else interested in Anderson? Why is nobody else interested in a player that is? apparently worth in excess of 37 million quid that's surely got to be a little bit strange isn't it because if he had any quality <coughs> someone else would be in for him um seri if that's his name i'm, I'm afraid i've got to uh, i've just got to admit i've seen a couple of youtube videos of him looks very good but how good a barometer is the french league which is sort of lopsided and uncompetitive anyway do you know what i mean um Anderson. Well, it's a good good link, good link for you because so, uh, we we talked about this last week, our first three signings. But obviously, fresh on the podcast, um, I want to get your view, Chris, on the first three signings because we, we'd only done two last week, but we talked about Fabianski. So, what do you think of the business so far? Um, it's it's by the way, in cash terms, investment, it's nearly um, forty million. I'm told. So, in Fredericks, we paid four million. In transfer, in a, a signing on fee and agent fee, um, and obviously wages. I think I think we're paying him over fifty thousand uh, pounds a week. Um, obviously, then we signed uh, Diop, if that's how you say his name. Um, Twenty-two million pounds plus four and a half million pounds on add-ons, plus another two and a half million pounds in a, a signing on fee, uh, stroke agent fees. Um, and then Fabianski for seven million, uh, seven and a half if you include agent fees. Um, I think Diop's on about sixty-five grand a week, which sounds a lot for a twenty-one-year-old from Toulouse. Talking about France again, and um, and Fabianski's on about fifty grand a week. But give us your view on those three signings. Are they are they value for money? Good signings, Chris? Well, I mean, firstly, before you talk about the player, the, the very fact that you're including the agent's fees in there as well, the, the trouble is we almost seem to be the only club that does this. Fans aren't interested in the agent's fees. They want to know the transfer fee. And it's almost like we're the only ones that ever quote financial fair play. Um, whilst it might go to make up the full package, it 
I, I just think from from a West Ham fan who sort of expects the worst from the owners, you are expecting them the next thing to say, oh look, because of the amount we paid for agents, we can't make that last signing we were going to make. Um, on the signings themselves, I think probably Fredericks. He looks he looks okay. He's he's very very fast. It's like he's got a red card in him. Maybe a fast Thomas Repka if he's going to play down the right side, which obviously Thomas moved from centre back to uh, and, and played a lot of time at right back at West Ham. Um, we needed cover for um, Zabaleta, and I think he probably possesses a lot of the qualities that Zabaleta doesn't. If, as is rumoured, Pellegrini wants to play with pace, then he certainly ticks that box. Um, Fabianski. Do you think he's, he's just on just two questions? First of all, obviously he's unproven at Premier League um, experience, and and everyone's assuming he comes in straight away. Uh, so your view on that of being unproven in the Premier League, and also. End of Sam Byron? Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, unlucky for Sam, really, but uh, just not worked out for him. He's had injuries at the wrong time when we have struggled and had to, to put uh, square pegs in round holes at right back. He's always been injured, so uh, he never really got a chance to prove himself. And I can't really see a situation where he's going to get a run of games to prove himself. Um, is Frederick's first choice? It's funny you should say that, I think, because of Zabaleta's um, history and the Pellegrini. I'd assumed that Fredericks was going to be sort of understudy and learn his trade for one year under Zabaleta and maybe get, you know, 15 games this season or something like that. Uh, who, can, who can tell? But going back, to, going back to what you said about pace, yeah. <laughs> you ain't going to get that pace out of Zabaleta. And that's why I asked the question, if you want pace, you, you probably have to start with Fredericks, don't you? Well, you'd... You'd think so. I mean, we we're all going on here, so I mean, even you with your with your smashing contacts, but Sean, you don't know what Pellegrini's going to do. Oh no, um, definitely we, not. We, none mean, of us. Beyond what he said publicly, I mean, he's he said an, a, a number of things uh, publicly about building from the back, etc. And you know, people will say sources will say stuff, but I don't think they really know because he, he shot off to. Um, Chile so quickly and, and, and really is only his first day was today actually of Monday the 25th of June was his first real day in the office which is exactly the day where we poo-pooed the Anderson transfer let's not forget so maybe maybe <laughs> he has an allocation of funds if you say it's 70 million net spend and, and we've spent a portion of that let's say he's got 40 million left and you know, well, it's closer to thirty oh, million right, okay, left. Fine, actually, but if, if so, he's he's probably reacting reacting to the agents' fees being included in that in the same way that I am. I don't well, it... you, I'm just going to put you up on this because it, it really is important, and I I have a, quite a few arguments with people on Twitter who who, who call me Sullivan's mouthpiece and, and 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 everything else, and you know, water off a duck's back and all That's that. That's the polite one. But <laughs> yeah, but but you know what? If you are going to look at the TV money and ticket money and revenue. You have to include what what we in business call total cost of ownership, right? Total cost of ownership includes everything it costs. So that is a transfer fee. I don't know why we're fixated with transfer fees. Doesn't it matter of the transfer fee, the agent's fee, the signing on bonus, the, any other bonuses and wages uh, over the life of the contract, it's all money that we have to invest. Um, some of it may be potential, as long as you spell it like that. But equally, if if you really want to look at income versus spend, you can't just go, oh, you can't include transfer fees and you can't include signing on bonuses and you can't include um, 
you know, wages because they it's it they don't exist. That there seems to be this mentality of football fans that the transfer fee is the only important thing. Well, some clubs include their tran- their their agent fees and signing on bonus in in the figure that gets reported. So I I I'm going to argue as being a bit of a finance man that you have to look at the whole picture to have it in context. I'm I'm, I'm happy for either of you two to argue that down, but th- that's what I always believe. I want to know the sadly. You oh, know, agree with me. I'm going to agree with you, you? Um, because bloody hell! This... Hang on, hang on. I've got to play a. Hang on. Yes. Um, this moment in time you, that Nigel. Have you got uh, one that goes? <laughs> 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 no, I put yeah, one on. Have that. to work that one out. Um, only because obviously, I'd, 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 it may shock people. I actually have friends that are accountants. <laughs> I, don't like to, uh, I don't like to admit this, and I keep them at an arm's distance. Uh, no, well, they obviously didn't go to school in um, in uh, Newham, <laughs> did they? Uh, well, no, possibly, maybe, yes. Possibly. <laughs> anyway, um, they are. You know, I've got friends that are accountants, and and they obviously take an interest in accounting things. And I suppose as a business person of sorts as well you have to look at the whole picture not just part of it so actually when you're dealing with your whole income let's say is 160 million you've got to set aside wages you've got to set aside transfer you've got to set aside stadium costs whatever they are you've got you've got to set aside for everything so when you're buying a player for 50 million or 40 million but you've got to bung the agent another 3 million and then you're buying another player for twenty million. You're bunging his agent two million. Five million's gone out the door. It has to be shown, and it, and rightly or wrongly, we do have to um, take that into consideration. Perhaps West Ham should start putting that into we've paid this for him, including the signing on fees and everything else. I don't know. I, where I think it there works. should be complete transparency. Yeah. Um, that they're, they're talking about that all deals should include the agent's fees. This is what the Premier yeah. League are pushing for. I think all transfer deals should be completely transparent and the Premier League should publish... Um, of course, it's an easy way the, to stop it. The transfer fee, the signing on fee and the agent fee. Yeah, that, just those buy an those agent. elements should... Just buy an agent's. That's, that's the thing to mm. do. Anyway, we've got slightly off the track because I was in the middle of talking to Chris about the transfers. We only got up to Rive Frederick. So let's talk about Fabianski before we move on and uh, Diop, um, Chris, be- before we go too far off the beaten track. Okay, well, um, just quickly on Fabianski because we were 25 minutes into it, but we've he's, he's okay. He's a goalkeeper. I think we put off the big spends that maybe need on a goalkeeper until another season with that purchase. So it's, it's a safety first purchase. Um, Diop is far more exciting. I think um, he's, he's obviously young. He's been scouted by a lot of the big clubs. He looks to have a lot of the qualities he wants. He's a, he's a leader. He was at the age of 20. He, um, he was captain of his club, which, which says something to him. And I think, um, you know, on that transfer, we got very little to lose. But boom. To lose, yeah. Um, <laughs> but what did you just say about the French league when you were talking about um, uh, Siri? I said it, it remains to be seen how competitive it is because cause, just because it's dominated by PSG, but it, it doesn't. So, it doesn't. So it's Diop a gamble at twenty 
at twenty two million pound plus is he is he not a gamble a twenty one year twenty twenty two million pound is the new eight million pound because of the, the last two TV deals when a top yeah. player in the world is going for two hundred million that's ten percent of that if Gareth Bale goes back to Man United it's going to be in excess of one hundred thirty million not goes back but if he goes there one hundred thirty million Pogba's eighty odd million looks. Looks quite small now, and that was only what two or three seasons ago. So, whilst historically in, in those sort of terms, 20 million seems a lot, actually, they're well, look, Virgil van Dyke's gone for 75. That's that's the top, um, yeah, the top silly money. Defender well, I, I, I did a Clarence Hugh thing and, uh, and on Twitter that that Fabianski at seven million, uh, with his agent fee of seven and a half was absolutely equal what we'd ever paid for any other um uh goalkeeper in, in the in the history of West Ham pretty much. Yeah. But, that but, shows but you but how Phil much Parks, we... who, who Nigel we saw Nigel's lovely photograph today himself and yeah. Phil Parks um, as a young boy. That was Nigel as a young boy, not it was, Phil. It was world record, yeah. I agree, at the time. And but but it shows you we've got a, in in the goalkeeper role, um our record uh was um uh David James um, followed by Rob Green, um, Yassi Yaskalainen, uh, Adrian and Darren Randolph, uh, our latest ones were all, were all free, all free transfers. We've had some good keepers. I, I think we've had some good keepers over the years. Yeah. And, and when you look at um, uh, the right pack position, again, um, you know, getting a free transfer in, in Ryan Fredericks, we haven't really. And I listed them all. I, I did this research. <laughs> How sad I am! Going back for like twenty years, we haven't really spent any money. The the top um, right back. Uh, I'm trying to think. Oh, it, it, it was um, who was it? I can't remember. What did we pay for Lucas Neal? I know. Did uh, what did we uh, pay for Lucas Neal? No, no, no. He was he was uh, it was wages. He was a free oh. transfer, I think, as well. Um, um. Also, I looked at the centre backs and, and the centre backs, twenty-two million pound for centre back. Pretty much, if you look at the net spend of centre backs, it's about even because we sold Tompkins and we sold uh, who's the other centre back we sold to make some money. Rio. Uh, no, it will come back to me. We um, I, I, obviously we did sell Rio, but I'm I'm talking about. Uh, someone we bought and then sold on for some profit. Um, we really haven't, you know, this is a modern phenomenon is probably what I'm, the, the theme is we haven't spent a lot of money. This is new territory for West Ham. We, even up to recently, we've not spent a lot of money on transfers. And I, I, I have a feeling, and this is the last thing I'm going to say on transfers, that David Gold and David Sullivan are still somewhat in the Birmingham days. They're not really ready for the new world order and the new market and the new transfer dealings. The whole of the Premier League is spending that money. I know they are, and it's, it's so it's even though it's a record for us, it's not a record. Seventy million net spend is only because we sold in in the winter and didn't spend. Yeah, it, actually, imagine if we hadn't done that. Imagine if we hadn't sold IU, which was a great deal, getting rid of him for that yeah, price yeah. and whatever. In, what would we have? 50 million? Yeah. So what are we going to get next season? Because to build the club forward, this is the thing. It's it's a cheap trick. You know, of course, I'm banty-balled. 
I'm going to be down on them. I'm going to point out the negatives. But that's what I'm going to do. Because <laughs> someone's go, what happens next season? In a way, it's, mm. I'm being realistic. What happens next season? We're not going to have 70 million net spend again next season. Okay. Unless well, we do something fantastic this season. Now, something else I released this week on Twitter, which cause, seems to cause quite a few problems, is the fact the new director of football possibly is only a title and actually he's heading up recruitment. So traditional head of football is actually above the manager. This manager, director of football is going to still be in charge of recruitment. He's in charge of identification, uh, of identifying the players and scouting the players and everything else. But then it will be handed over to David Sullivan to close the deal. And it will be David Sullivan talking to the agents and it will be David Sullivan talking to the clubs to close the deal. Now that seems to have caused quite a lot of uproar when I, I mentioned this. Um, let me start with you, Conzo. Do you do you have a problem with that? Well, it's caused uproar, Sean, because people saw the email that he sent to Sporting Lisbon. People have seen uh, the level of his negotiation skills. It was um, what can I say? It was it was juvenile at best, really. It was uh, poorly worded. It was a poorly written email, poorly put together. Didn't seem professional in the least. It wasn't just his handling of the whole negotiation, but it was. I mean, I can't remember it, excuse me, word for word. It was almost as if, I think he said something like, if you don't take this offer, we've we've seen somebody else at PSG who will go and get. It was almost worded like that. It was. It didn't seem like an official document of passing club to club. So I think when people see Sullivan, he's going to go in to close the deal. People rightly worry that he's not going to be able to close the deal. But he closed, he closed Fredericks. He closed um, Diop. And he closed Fabianski. And he closed, by the way, uh, Dimitri Payet and Marco Anatovic. Let's not forget that. No, I, listen, he clearly has signed some players. <laughs> he'd have a terrible record at Burnley, uh, Birmingham and West Ham uh, if he'd never signed a player. But I'm just saying that's why what gives people the squeaky bum. Because people aren't confident. People don't have... It, it, Sullivan doesn't have the confidence in the fans that he's a good negotiator yeah. and a good closer of deals. And unfortunately, hmm. there will be other owners who haven't closed deals, but there'll be very, very few owners who have made the email that they sent public to prove that they closed a deal. And he, yeah. he's so that, public that was what he slightly does. unfortunate. Yeah, the, and I think that that hopefully he's learned from that lesson. Although the Darren Lewis article was a bit unfortunate. Um, I think, and, and put us back in a, a little bit on the way we saw it. I mean, uh, the new director of football and his two assistants, by the way, are earning £2 million a year. So it's not like the days of Tony Henry. The, these guys are on serious wedge. Um, and, and they will have to do their bit in identifying the players. O over to you, Nigel. Are you sceptical uh, do, do, do you well, look, think... A director of football, if we go to tiles, a director of football it, in the title suggests that they are the people that implement the way we play football. They source the players to do that. That would then make Pellegrini head coach. If that's how the system is designed, that's how the system's used. I, I, I agree in the traditional sense. Traditional sense. Um, but we haven't got that, have we? Because Pellegrini is actually the man in charge. 
So actually, calling Pussy Loss or whatever his bleeding loss his name is, <laughs> um, head of recruitment, uh, don't give a monkeys. Um, as for if they pick Pellegrini sources to players, probably in conjunctions with Pussy Loss, who he's worked with before, so there's a good relationship there. Pusilos probably can go out and scout the players. Don't be at West Ham's games, be at other people's games, looking for players, comes back, looks at them with Pellegrini. Then they take the player. Dave Sullivan then steps in because he's basically the CEO of West Ham. And he wants to he's the man who is tasked with making sure West Ham is financially viable. Now and not f- spending the money like it's smart is. Now, in the past, they've been accused of underspending. Uh, the problem they've got is they've, they've told so many stories and, and what I would call lies that now it's difficult to see um, or it's difficult for people like me to give them the credit or the respect that they deserve. At the end of the day, his job is to close the deal. He's the man that knows the finances. Husilos ain't going to know the finances. Pellegrini ain't going to know the finances mm. of the club. The finances do have to be looked after. They can't be ignored. We haven't got a money pit. We're not Man City. We're not Liverpool. We're not Man United. We don't generate that money. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. So, okay, you have to put a price on things. We have to, the thing is, if they come out and said that, so we all knew and we all understood, we would never offer this hoo-ha that goes on. It's just a title, who cares? Yeah. All right, last word on transfers. First, you, Nigel, and then I'll go to you, Chris. Who do you want to sign by the end of the season? Either names or, or positions. Um, I'd, I'd, you know, I'd test the water. I'd like either a Casper Schmeichel at Leicester 
who who is a fantastic goalkeeper. And you know, yeah, that's what I'd be. I'd be looking at proven Premier League players next. I would. I'd be yeah. testing people like that. And in the, I mean, obviously with with um, Lanzini out, you would get in um, an attacking midfielder, creative player. Yeah, well, yeah, you'd, you'd, it's hard to replace Lanzini because let's face it, they, those type of players don't grow on trees, do they? So Joe Mario. Uh, Joe Mario played today for, for. We're going to talk about that in the World Cup thing in a minute. But but Joe Mario, would you have him back? I wouldn't pay the money. You know, he's a fifteen twenty million pound player tops. All right. All right. I'm gonna I'm gonna move. You're differing, so I'm no, gonna I'm move over to Gonzo. Um, who would you like to see before the the transfer wing closed? I've either names or, or positions. Gonzo, uh, I'd go for Leon Bailey. If uh, we could possibly get yeah. him, who's in the Bundesliga at Leverkusen, really good player. Seemed to be everything that um, that maybe Anderson that he wanted from Anderson. If we were looking for someone um, English, there's, there's obviously the English contingent. We have to have X amount of English players, or should we say homegrown players? And obviously, we've lost two uh, with Joe Hart and um, and James Collins going. So I'd actually look to bring in John Bostock if you remember him, the the previous wonder kid who who was at Crystal Palace, went to Tottenham, flopped, and actually went to France and rebuilt his reputation. I think he's a Furzaspor at the moment, actually. Um, but he's he's completely rebuilt his career, and he would be available on a nominal fee. I don't know why we're not doing the Jack Wilshere deal, and uh, particularly if we only have, I thought it might be 40 million. You say it's closer to 30 million. Why on earth aren't we getting somebody is in. he a creative midfield player he could do the lanzini role couldn't he he is he is creative he's very creative he, he played he, passes he played moves. a lot of games at bournemouth didn't he up until the point where eddie howe changed his system um yeah yeah and then he, and he found himself oh, yeah see but chris uh, you come across so knowledgeable you obviously do your own work i, I you know i'm still playing fifa 2010 i mean <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'd sign on? that Dean Ashton. He's <laughs> fucking good in that. <laughs> and there's a 16 year old kid on FIFA 10 called Raheem Sterling, who I signed once for West Ham, who, who thanked me for signing him and then sacked me. So yeah, uh, he'll he'll when I didn't manage him, yeah, I'd, yeah. So. Anyway, I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna move on. I'm gonna ditch the London Stadium bit for another week. Uh, we will talk about fi- facial recognition coming to London Stadium, what that means, and some other stuff that's going on in the London Stadium. But that can wait oh, for the moment. Thing, let's talk about. Oh, I know. Let's talk about the. By the way, I'll just give you one small. Uh, it's interesting because the 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 safety advisory board minutes have just come out, and I've read them. The Saints game after the uh, big Burnley game. 43,000 people turned up from an official... That was a real attendance from nearly 57,000 official attendance. 14,000 people missing, or nearly 14,000 people missing from that game. And by the way, the stewards went up from like 962 to 1,300. So they put in nearly another 400 stewards on just for that game. Um, that was the only crazy. game I missed Absolutely. Southampton, if you remember. Well, you said you were going to miss the rest of the season. Well, anyway, we'll we come back to the London Stadium, a, a, another impromptu podcast. But let's talk about the World Cup. I mean, related to West Ham, obviously Fabianski uh, hasn't appeared in a woeful Poland side who, who have sent been sent home with their tail between their legs. Um, 
Mexico, uh, Chikorito has scored to upset the Spurs player, Son, who now looks like he's going to have to do military service. Uh, he, he seems to be playing a lot better for Mexico than he does at uh, West Ham. Uh, Czech Chiarty, um weird. He only came on for three minutes of the first game. Um, I think it was 25 minutes of the second game, but they're doing well um, and, and could face England on uh, in the next round. Uh, 50-50 chance. Portugal, the final one is tonight. Mario is, is, is featured quite frequently. I think he was playing tonight. I didn't actually watch him. I don't know if you watched the game. Um, so let's start with you, Nigel. Um, what, what's your view on the West Ham players that have, that have got a few minutes under the pitch? And, and again, same questions last week. Any World Cup players that have caught your eye that you think West Ham should sign? Uh, well, obviously, Chikorito had uh, three West Ham players at the, at the World Cup. He's the only one to catch the eye because he... Why is he doing better? Is it passion he no, wants I, to play I, or the position he's playing? I think because um, they played to his strengths. I don't think West Ham will play to his strengths. Um, Chikorito's problems perhaps stem from the fact that Arnautovic did so well when he was put um, up front that um, when you only play with one striker and Arnautovic um, took that place. Was Hernandez injured when Arnautovic was put there? Um, I think he was. I can't. I think, I think he, he was. was injured for a so, little while. And then Arnautovic though, when he played with Hernandez, they didn't seem to strike up a good understanding. You could. You, we only got the best out of Arnautovic when we played him down the middle. When he was played out wide, he didn't really influence the game. So I think that was the undoing of Hernandez at West Ham. A great goal poacher. Okay. Yeah. Kiara, you know, I watched the Senegal game because I had money on it. I, I thought he was supposed to be captain, and yet he's been bought yeah. on as a as a sub. He didn't really so change the game, to be fair. Um, he, he did his usual. He did some good things, but he gave the ball away a few times. Um, that's it, isn't it? Who would you prefer England to play, um, Japan or uh, Senegal? Well, I, I think either. I think what you've got to look at, though, is if you win the group, you're staring down the barrel of a Brazil-Germany, um, where if you don't win the group, you're probably looking at a Mexico-Switzerland um, quarter-final. Mm. So, that, that would be so good, the, wouldn't it? We, we beat, we beat um, Chiarte yeah. and, and, then, and then beat Chikorito. Yeah, that would be a great way know, through. And, um, anyway, um, I'm going to move you on so we don't drift too much. Who, who's impressed outside of West Ham? What one player would you go, do you know what, I want that player at West Ham? Um, Lukaku or Cristiano Ronaldo. <laughs> yeah, we well, can, no, all dream. That, we can all dream. Do you know what, I said, I tweeted this out, and this is true. Um, in fact, I tweeted it out to you when you had a go at poor old Jackie Gold <laughs> when she's with her 81-year-old father having a meal at the golf and club. you tweeted something at the golf club, trying to tweet something out. And I said, the problem with you, Nigel, is you could, Gold could sign Ronaldo, Bale and Messi and you'd still want the ball out and yeah. moan. But, but see, it is funny on Twitter because it's such a stupid place. And, and people go, oh, you'll never like the board. And you think, you've obviously not read my tweets in 2010 then. Because, no, I've never liked the board. Since they bought the club. Yeah. So, 
of course, nothing they do. I'm never going to forgive them. I've said it time and time again. If you're listening for the first time, you'll hear this for the first time. But I don't like them. I don't want them here. I know the quicker they piss off, the better. But while we play good football, I still turn up and I still support the team. I support West Ham United Football Club and the players on the (laughs) pitch. Okay. Um, And after that monologue. um, It's far shorter than that bullshit you did with 10 minutes at the start of the show. So go on. Um, uh, Gonzo. Um, uh, Hammers that have impressed that are the ones that have played. I mean, same question. Uh, how does Hernandez fit in when he when he comes back? Will he stay? Uh, do you, should we get Mario back? Um, obviously, we we haven't seen much Czech and we haven't seen much of Fabianski. Um, and, and 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 anyone who's impressed, really, you think that, that we should well, make probably a should have stuck to the stadium, sure. In all honesty, because I'm not going to wing it. I've only seen three games in this World Cup. Three games. Really? Yeah. Really. Um, let, let me give yeah, you a tip, yeah. right? Because I haven't had that much chance, but I feel I must be educated. So every day I watch, or at the, the day afterwards, I watch on BBC iPlayer. They've got, and you can catch up on my, by the way, in this, in 100 minutes. They have a 10-minute broadcast called Catch Up Day One of Football. And it has all the goals, all the key moments, and some funny bits and commentators and everything all in a 10-minute segment. So if you, what we on, day 11, 12, you, you can catch up and be absolutely up to Hold speed. On. Are we up to day 15 now? We've had two weeks already, haven't we? Are we not? What's today? Oh, no, it's two weeks on Thursday. Yeah, yeah I thought we were up today about oh, no, day that's, that's a good, that's there, a good there tip, you go. I won't go back, but I'll, I will do that uh, from now on. So the only game I saw was the 3-3 with... Uh, Portugal and Spain, which was a very good game. I think, yeah, I, what a game. What a game. If there's one uh, game you're going to pick, that's uh, Mario be came on as a late sub in that. Um, but I can give you an opinion. I hope you watch the two I England watched, games I as well. The two England games, which is something that's, that's more England games than I've watched probably in the last seven, eight years, to be honest. So, um, yeah. so yeah, it, it was nice to be to just talk about England for a second. It was nice to have um, almost my enthusiasm. Uh, fired up again because they they wore me down. Ericsson and Capello and, and Hodgson. I, I just oh, in fact, I don't really watch much of Hodgson to be fair. But McLaren, they they wore me down years and years of England. So it was it was nice, and I was able to view it with fresh eyes. So I've not seen an awful lot of West Ham players play. I do know that Hernandez has played well. Obviously, I've got an opinion on yep. him uh, at West Ham, and. I, I just think it was always a strange signing. He didn't seem to fit into Bilic's plans and he didn't seem to fit into Moyes' plans either. So we've signed our top wager yeah. who wasn't fancied by either manager, which probably would feed back into what Nigel was discussing about why a director of football should be a director of football. Because if your director of football yeah. is directing all of the football, you don't sign a player who's not going to fit into a manager's plans because because each subsequent manager will play in the same style Uh, I I think there's a big role for him still at West Ham I I think uh, in terms of finishing he's world class I think he's one of the best there is around and Mm. at West Ham we're not going to get many players who have world class qualities and he's certainly one of them I think you need to play a 4-4-2 with him if you if you could team him up with, with with a bigger striker to play, you know, an Andy Carroll is pomp type of player. Like when we had 
you know, Swindlehurst and Cotty when Cotty broke on the scene. Um, we had Cross and Goddard. Um, big player, little player. You know, th- th- that type, he feeds off the scraps and it. All these goals come from inside the box. That tells a story. Yeah, I think um, yeah. He, he can also play with a, with a sort of number 10 type player as well. I don't think it has to be a big guy. I think you need someone close to him. Uh, granted, but I, I can't remember. Maybe it was against Leicester or something. It was it was a there was a game when he was heavily involved in the build up, and I think he actually scored. Did he score a goal at the end? I, I can't remember, but he certainly has qualities where he can play one twos um, with people. But I think you need someone close to him, and that's certainly uh, it, being in a team that has very and, very little possession attacking. And, and quickly, because we're we're at the fifty minute mark, and and I want to talk to questions. And apparently, there's some questions coming in from Canning Town Len as well. Uh, That's which, a miracle. Which is amazing because both of you have been accused yeah. of being Canningtown Len and yet <laughs> Canningtown Len's uh, sending in questions as you've been talking. I suppose you could be multitasking. A- anyway, my question is about Chiati. You know, played three minutes and 25 minutes. He's their captain. If he can't be chosen for the Senegal team, uh, what's your view, Gonzo, on, on Chiati? Is, is, is his time up? Uh, at West Ham, I'm told not. He's still part of the manager's plans, but but a lot of people have criticised. He's not the same player. I'm sure he would be part of the manager's plans. Would he see him in the starting midfield role? No, I, I would think not. But Andalect, he was a very very good centre half, and uh, he played. He can play very well there. And I think actually off the bench, he can cover two positions, which actually frees up six other positions on the bench. So those players are worth their weight in gold to start. No, but if, if you know for on a 70-minute mark in a game, he might be a useful option to have on the bench. So I can see why he wouldn't be discarded. Excellent. Right. It's well, time for Stop, 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 stop. Because it's go the World on. Cup. More than go just on. a podcast. Super 6 World Cup League. Oh, yeah. How's it going? It's going well. We've got 18 participants. Yeah, uh, sorry, I forgot. I am 14th. <laughs> 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 uh at the top of the table is Kevin Lumsden with 35 points. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Dominic Duggan, 33 points. Simon Pope with 33 points. That's the top three. Uh, there's a Mark Bright down in eighth from 27 points. Um, I used to play at the Palace, I suppose. I wouldn't have him down mm. as a West Ham fan. I think he was born up north, but still. Mm. Um, and one other I'll pick out, Gary Prince, because Gary Prince was winning after the first week and he dropped down to uh, 12th. Oh, right. 12. So, uh, there's still a few weeks to go. And if you're listening, the next round starts Wednesday. So, you've got to get... I'll put it up on the Facebook group to remind the people playing. And there mm. is a prize. And I'll Are you the, the only story. presenter playing? Uh, well, John Bucci signed up, but hasn't made one prediction yet. So, John, oh. if you're listening, thanks for joining. You're rubbish. Yeah. Uh, you've got Neil Poir. You like Norway. Um, the prize will be... Yeah. Uh, Stuff out of my shed. So it's time for, for this. this. It's Facebook, Twitter question time. And hopefully I've talked long enough that by now that Nigel has opened the Facebook page um, and the Twitter page and is ready to read out any questions. Ha, ha, ha. You did talk slow enough. Thank you. Just got there. 
Another impromptu podcast tonight. Oh, fucking hell. Another are we, impromptu. Are we live? We are live. We're absolutely live, yeah. Just live. We'll uh-huh. edit this out. I, I sound like that Tony Angelo from Fools and Horses. Going, going no past. editing on this one, oh. uh, Gonzo, by the way. This, we, it's it's yeah. right first time. We just carry on. I, just carry I'm, on. Just wondering, I'm just wondering at what point you pressed record. Yeah. Oh, uh, damn, I knew there was something. <laughs> <laughs> Double text, yeah, he's recording. Another impromptu podcast tonight. Nigel Sean with guest Gonzo, a mammoth chat, covering some transfer news, other stuff, World Cup musings, blah, 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 questions. Right, here we go. Four. Right, Lewis Errantrout. 15-month layoff for Lanzini with what is described as a cruciate plus injury. Oh, I see. Only at West Ham. I don't know what you can say about that. Gonzo is a I'm, good lad. I'm not sure it is a 15-month. I mean, there's a lot of conflicting stories about that. And, and you've seen pictures. He's dyed his hair blonde. And he's up on crutches. Let's see. I, I think it might surprise people. It might not be as doom and gloom. I mean, he's still out for the season, don't get me wrong. But we're so sick. he's out for 12 months? He's out for 12 months, right. yeah. So if he has another three months off, he's out for 15 yeah, but I'm saying I, I think he'd be out for nine months, which will still put him out for the season. Uh, but he'd be able to then retrain in the closed season and be ready for the following season. That, that's my prediction anyway. Right, okay. Gonzo is a good lad and always nice to chat to him on Twitter. Has he persuaded Gio to move down south yet? Could he put him up in the shoe cupboard that he films from? <laughs> As for the Anderson deal... Is sort of dead. Who is the next target? Is it Siri, even though he isn't a winger? Sorry, winger. Uh, well, this is for you, Chris, I think, to, to answer. Uh, are, are you going to bring Geo down south? Well, I mean, firstly, Geo is deceptively tall. Uh, obviously, we all look the same size on a screen, but Geo is Geo's a strapping six footer. He's not going to fit in this little four foot cubby hole, I can assure you. I'm a mere hobbit, so I, I'm, I'm quite snug. In here, um, in terms of the uh, Surrey transfer, thank, thanks for the comments. By the way, I also think he's a different type of player. I really do. Which, at the start of the show, Sean, you suggested that we were looking for two attacking midfielders. We are now. I would expect one of them to be a wide player, your Anderson, and then the other one, yeah. Surrey. So I, I think they're looking for both now. Could they sign both? If one of them costs thirty odd million, um, yeah. Then of course, well, they're both thirty-five, and you, I, we're not going to spend seventy million on two no. two players. No, so you, so you get you get one, you get one wide player, and you bring in Wilshire. That, that surely, yeah. that surely ain't going to happen. Um, ain't going to happen. Yeah. Well, well, that's just, that's a shame. You've you've depressed me slightly there, but okay. uh, but yeah, that, that, that's my thoughts on on that. Nigel, David White says. Can you each name one realistic change you'd like to see made at the London Stadium? Chris first, go. A realistic change. That's um, <clears throat> go go a little bit. Um, actually, no, I, I think they are, they are dealing with the toilets. The toilets was a bit of an issue because obviously the, the toilets were set up like it was a 50-50 crowd because obviously it was for athletics and concerts. So there were an equal number of ladies' toilets and men's toilets, which didn't match the demographic. So, um, but I think they are in the process of changing that anyway. Um, I I just want to see a dedicated run from the station to the stadium. Uh, is it realistic? I don't know. But I think we need it because that journey out 
particularly on night games, it's horrendous. And if you've got to catch a connecting train at one of the main stations, be it Waterloo, Paddington, anywhere else, it's horrendous. Something needs to be sorted out for the way out. Um, I, I'm I'm a big fan of safe standing, and that was debated at Parliament today. There seems to be a political uh, willingness to 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 do this, and, and maybe the key is to the Hillsborough Group approving it or, or not disapproving it in some way. Um, but um, I I think that safe standing is a realistic change would would help both the club and the the owners. And, and and even a more realistic change, um, I think, is to have a proper family enclosure like we did at the bowling ground. You know, saying the whole upper tier is a family enclosure is just ridiculous. I think there should be a defined uh, family enclosure and start migrating people who want to be there that, that, that want to... Um, you know, migrate families, like-minded people together. Um, Nigel. Me. I'd like the club to admit the truth over the moon. <laughs> you know, come on, we said realistic. Well, all right, bulldozer. Oh, well, what? Predictable. What, what, what do you want me to say? We know, yeah, that there's no changes. All right, they can change the toilets. Um, there's nothing in there. It's... The you'd think the worst thing is the only the only realistic changes that could be made just scratch the surface. They don't really you can't bring the seats forward. You can't change the uppers here. You can't do this. Um, yeah, but they can. They can. I tell you what, they I'd can, like to you know, see. they can bring they can bring draft beer into the yeah, no, area. Say, I'd and, like to uh, <laughs> ITV. <and laughs> I'd like to see go on a a type of more bars. Outside of the stadium, but towards the walk, they, they, they surely they could allow the flat, the scarf sellers, not not the bowling people, but anyone that wants to set up like, uh, a, you know, we don't get the old program stalls now that we used to have down Green Street, you know, the, the hmm. walk is so. Oh, well, can I change my idea? Because I was talking to someone earlier. Can I change my idea? I want a fan zone, right, out just on outside the stadium, run by the West Ham. United Supporters Club, a fan zone. I mean, yeah, they could do, you know, that's... I, I think that's realistic. It is, but it, then you find, then you've got to remember that outside the stadium is the apron, off the apron, that ain't owned by E120 or whoever it is. That's It can be done. Fan zones have been done for the Rugby World Cup and the athletics, etc. Yeah. Anyway, right, I'm, I'm conscious we are... Right, go on, it, crack on. It pops up that, uh, oh, he then says, love the podcast, Gonzo's great. But make Ian Dow loan permanent. Ian will be pleased with yeah, that. Yeah, send yeah. that on to him. Uh, with my yeah. love. Uh Mark Bright. <laughs> um <laughs> Mark Bright's popped up. Wow, he's he's not the Crystal Palace forward, but I thought he was. Have hmm. you guys kissed and made that? Oh, I'm not reading that out actually. Um <laughs> I'll read that out off here. Fucking hell, I've had enough wars. Um, I think why, I can guess, Nigel. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah guess, come on. Yeah. Why, uh, Matt EWHU, uh, the answer's no, Mark. Anyway, why are we not paying the money for Mario? It took him a few games to settle in, but thought he showed he could deal with the Premier League. And seeing as Lanzini is out, he should be the first option because he's proven. 
because he's proven, but we are unwilling to pay 35 to 45 million in unproven players. Yeah, he has got a point. It's 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 twenty five million for Mario. I much money for him. I don't, having seen yeah, him. Yeah, but he is right. He did get better. Uh, you know the old dad. Yeah, no, got to have six months to um get used to, to the get Premier used League. To the Premier League. Anyway, uh, we've just passed the hour point. So moving on, Twitter, Mister Mister. Yeah, I'm going. I've I've oh. got to switch to Twitter. Right. Oh, I can't work Twitter, I'll tell you. I'm not but but since you run the Canning Town Len Twitter, you must have had what you already sent in, Nigel. Um, <laughs> I don't run the Canning Town Len Twitter. This is a fantasy. No, I think it was you that actually started the rumour that I was some way Canning Town Len <laughs> when I, I was. Can I just clear this up once for all we're on it? Please do. I, yeah. I introduced Nigel to Canning Town Len. Yes, that's right. But can I just tell you yeah. something, guys? Canning Tamlin is a cartoon. He's not real. <laughs> yeah, but he's, he's, he's I'm sorry he's to break it. Yes, uh, he's not real. What yes. can I say? Did you not know that? He must be real. He tweets. Oh, How's right. he doing it? Okay. If he had cardboard fingers, how would he do it? What you mean is you introduced Nigel to the animator. Is that what you mean, Gonzo? Uh, it's maybe something along those lines. I think uh, just just to call him the animator sounds very mysterious. I think uh, it probably doesn't. <laughs> the animator, probably doesn't, yeah, the, the animator, yeah. Um, no, it probably doesn't do him his full justice. To his full repertoire of skills, which are immense. He can pay me later. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Well, he's he's obviously a star from musicals. Um. Anyway. Um. Nigel. Right. So Twitter. We've done. The question we know what it is, right? Funny enough, Canning Town Lynn tweets, You're the former England manager watching the game from a pub. What burger do you choose and what beer? Oh, oh I, I, can I do this? Go on. Uh, he has a pint of bitter, and the burger has a very, very sour sauce on it. Can I answer? Yeah, I think you go for a, a, a gourmet burger. It's probably got to be a buffalo burger with mozzarella cheese. Uh, it's got to be in a brioche bun, and you've got to have a, a full whole gherkin on top with a sort of stick to hold it in with some garnish and relish, uh, and then probably a jug of Pims uh, alongside. I think that's probably a brioche bun. I, I yeah. reckon that it's a Victoria sponge cake uh, with the middle taken out and a Yorkshire pudding with beef and gravy in the middle. Um to make like a cake and burger burger quite northern they do it up there apparently uh as for the drink um i don't know what would big fat sam's drink full fat coke it paid the sugar tax wouldn't he uh, I, sorry i don't I, I don't what was the question again you're the former england manager watching the game from a pub what burger do you choose what beer the former he England manager. didn't actually manager. specify Allardyce, did he? We've just all assumed. Oh, no. You see, see, yeah. Yeah. Well, we've just assumed, haven't we? We have, yeah. So, John B., uh, whoever he is. Who's that? Uh, said double cheeseburger and bitter. Oh, do you know what? Isn't that Johnny B., the former, uh, the bloke who used to do the podcast here? Oh, um, the Italian guy. Before the summer start. Yeah. yeah, that's him. That's, that's it. it. We use his yeah. son sometimes. To clear up yeah. the mess we make. Yeah, 
Yeah. Is that it? No, we go on. Uh, Canning Stanley oh, replied, so many merits in the double cheeseburger. Uh, Mark Holland, glad you're still doing the odd podcast. Can't listen to those. <clears throat> I can't say that because, uh, well, I will, but I won't. Mugs. But who honestly has heard of most of the players we are being linked with, let alone Issa Dion? Sorry, say that again. Mark said, glad you're still doing the odd podcast. Can't listen to those others. But who honestly has heard of most of the players we are being linked with, let alone Issa Diop? So basically saying, who are these people we're being linked with? Well, well that's, that's, that's what YouTube is for. Oh, fuck. All right. I mean, to be honest, if we didn't YouTube have this whole... In cups of tea. Well, do you know what? Right, and I oh, and I said this Even last though they didn't week. Even they didn't I'm going to say it again just to, to see what uh, Chris says. But, you know, the silly season and the whole transfer is entertainment. And if you don't like it, <laughs> switch off. But uh, most of the names, it it's a merry-go-round. It feeds Sky News. It feeds the papers. It feeds the blogs. It feeds the forums. It feeds YouTube channels. And it's it's... In some ways, it's all a part of the entertainment business. We get grief for saying, oh, you're following this report and that report and everything else. But you know what? We get record numbers. And I don't know if you you notice the same on, on your videos, Chris, but but certainly at Clarence U, we get record numbers because people just hungry and hungry and hungry for more transfer information. It doesn't matter if you put the word report on it and they know it's a load of old probably rubbish from Italy or Turkey or anything else. They're just hungry for transfer. Yeah, people love a transfer video, I think largely because I'm not on them. Um, so, uh, <laughs> but they, they do, they do. You put something up, you know, discussing transfers and, and people love it. You know, it always gets really, really good views. So, uh, yeah, but I, I think, I think that, you know, I think he's right in what he says. We don't know who these players are and it is... I try and treat the summer as, as, as a bit of a rest. I try and get as away from West Ham yeah. as much as I can, he says, on a West Ham podcast. Yeah. Well, who Who is the guy you asked the question, Nigel? Uh, Mark Holland. So, Mark, what I would ask you in response is, had you heard of Pyatt before we signed him? All right. I can't hear well, him. He can't reply. Yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, you can't reply. Where, are, Mark? What'd you say? He's got. He's oh, gone right. very yeah. quiet, very sheepish. I've noticed. Yeah. Yeah, I think you've got so him there. Check you later. <laughs> yeah, I've got right. you. There. And, right, is that Anthony him? Clark? Clarky. Uh, I've given everyone names now. Uh, so Clarky says Tony Clarky. Can y'all? Because he's like Y A double L. Can y'all? Perhaps he's from Birmingham. You're right. Yeah. Can y'all talk more about agent fees? Are these the fees? This is for you, Sean. That a player would mm. pay their agents. If we said, "Nah, I'm not paying that or more," so how did these agents get the power to start demanding exuberant fees to be paid? So it's an interesting story. So the the first thing to say is players aren't very really good at negotiating deals, right? They never have been. So that's why they get these sort of barrow boy types in to be an agent. Now, there's two ways an agent works. There's one where they say to a club, you give us a bit of money and we will sign this player. But they also get paid by the uh, player itself. And some of them receive up to, or the standard is 5% of their wages. Yeah, so you can can pay in a number of different ways. The problem with um, 
agents now, and I forget what the Premier League are calling it. I actually did an article about agents very recently on Clarence and you, is you get multiple agents involved, all these intermediaries. So it, it gets to a point where you can have four or five agents involved in a deal. And this is how suddenly big amounts, multi-million amounts get involved in a, in a, in a transfer deal. And even in the DOP, you know, the agent demand nearly fell through because the agent demand two and a half million from, for an unknown player. Um, this is the problem we've got. The Premier League wants to stamp it out. One, the Premier League wants to say that you only can go through one agent and you can't go through intermediaries. The second one is the Premier League want to publish all agent transactions. At the moment, they publish how much each club spends on agent fees. They want to go one step further and say every single deal, the transaction will, will be published. And I, th- I think that's the right way to go. But but who who knows? Are agents greedy or... Is it the whole ecosystem that they agents have to exist? Because uh, if if agents didn't exist, you'd probably just have lawyers acting for for players. I don't know. Anthony did. Glad you asked. Now, Clarky asked, not me. The Clarkster. The Clarkster. The Clarkster. He he goes on to says thanks and look forward to listening tomorrow. And lastly, one of my favourite Twitter people, Sarif the bastard, says Fat Sam is a fraud. What? Sam is a fraud. What does that mean? Well, I think he's talking about Sam Allardyce. But yeah. he's a fraud. What relevance has that well, got? That's what, yeah, yeah, but what relevance has that got? He tweeted a reply. I, could, I should do my best to read out all the replies. That is one of the finest Twitter names, isn't it? Isn't it? Who's, yeah. Chris, apart from Doc. Anyway. Doc. I've forgotten his name now on Twitter. I do enjoy him. Anyway. Guys, guys, this was supposed to be another short podcast. We're already short, the last you're very tense and, about it, Sean. I've got to say, oh, one one hour eleven minutes. I got grief from from uh, the the sound producer George for for going oh, to you one make hour fifteen. Sound really professional there. The and I said, producer. I said without without Ian, I said without Ian. Uh, we've got Gonzo on this week. We won't get to uh, over an hour. And of course, we're already at. Uh, that's because you spoke for 25 so. minutes without taking a breath about bloody transfers. <laughs> which which we didn't go on to discuss minutes. after anyway. Yeah, which we'd run out of time to discuss. No we had Ridiculous. Oh, no Butlands. Anyway, anyway, I've got three, we've got three minutes to be under last week's show. So I'm going to say it's goodbye from Nigel. Goodbye. It's goodbye from Gonzo. A goodbye. And it's goodbye from me, Sean. Goodbye. Come on, you irons. More than just a podcast. Bobby Moore. More than just a podcast. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. 
To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.